Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Tonight, warships sunk. Russia suffers a significant blow in its war in Ukraine. The Ukrainian military claims to have launched a successful missile attack on Russia's lead warship in its Black Sea fleet. What Moscow says happened. This, as the city of Mariupol, remains on the verge of falling to Russian forces. Bail denied. The suspected New York City subway gunman appears in federal court for allegedly shooting 10 people on a crowded train. Tonight, the evidence and tips that led to his arrest. ISIS soldier convicted. A jury finds one of the so-called ISIS Beatles guilty in the deadly kidnappings of four Americans nearly a decade ago. Tonight, the emotional reaction from the victims' families. Police shooting outrage, an unarmed black man killed in Grand Rapids, Michigan, following a traffic stop. The video fueling demonstrations. Elon Musk's hostile Twitter takeover. The Tesla and SpaceX CEO offers $43 billion to take the social media giant private. Is it enough? Eye on America, could 3D printed homes be one answer to America's affordable housing crisis? And in the spirit of the Easter season, teaching a Ukrainian tradition to help those in the war zone. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm Major Garrett in for Nora. Tonight, a significant and symbolic blow to Russia's military might. Ukraine says an anti-ship missile sank the lead warship in Russia's Black Sea fleet. The Russian Defense Ministry says the ship sank while being towed to port because of an unexplained fire. It has not confirmed the Ukrainian missile strike. Either way, this marks a loss for Russian President Vladimir Putin's military as it tries to refocus and regroup ahead of an expected offensive in eastern Ukraine. Meanwhile, European leaders are drafting a resolution that would ban all oil imports from Russia. We have a lot to bring you tonight, and we will start with CBS's Chris Livesay from Kiev. Chris, good evening. 
Good evening, Major. A senior U.S. defense official says the flagship of Russia's Black Sea Fleet suffered an explosion when it was 60 miles off the coast of Odessa. Now, it can't confirm if Ukraine struck it with its own missiles, but it was well within range. A shocking blow to Russia. Its powerhouse on the Black Sea now sunk. The pride of the Russian Navy, the warship Moskva was part of the fleet terrorizing the Ukrainian coast. Armed with supersonic missile launchers, it was originally designed in the Cold War to take out U.S. aircraft carriers. Instead, it was taken out by two Ukrainian-made Neptune missiles, Ukraine says, which would mark the first time it's destroyed a major Russian vessel at sea. Moscow refutes the claim, insisting something sparked munitions on board to explode, but admitting its crew of nearly 500 sailors had to abandon ship. The Pentagon says Russia has pulled its remaining ships from the area. While just up the coast, Mariupol on the brink of doom. Many of the city's defenders have now been captured. Russian TV footage purports to show them surrendering. But these diehard Ukrainian forces, encircled by the enemy, say they will not give up. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says it's a cycle of death. But the blood is on Russia's hands. They can kill us. And they will also die. I can't understand for what. In Kharkiv, there's no rest, even for the dead. How could it be, says Valentina? I talked to him a minute beforehand, and a minute later, just look. We witnessed the aftermath of Russia's attacks in the town of Andrivka, where Ukrainian soldiers are now clearing these homes of mines, meant only to terrorize civilians. Locals say Russians have left mines virtually everywhere, booby-trapping trunks of cars, washing machines, even dead bodies. Salt on the wounds of one more village that we'll never forget. Everything I had has been burnt and blown up, says this survivor. The Russians are pigs. Now the hunt for those responsible begins. Ukrainian investigators tell us they've already located the very towns where some of these Russian soldiers are from. And they're determined to bring them to justice, even if it takes years, maybe decades. Major? Chris Livesay from Kiev. Thank you. Back here at home, the subway shooting suspect made his first appearance in federal court. 62-year-old Frank James did not enter a plea and is being held without bail on charges of conducting a violent attack against a mass transportation system. CBS's Mola Lenghi is outside the federal courthouse in Brooklyn. Wearing a blue mask and khaki-colored prison clothes, 62-year-old Frank James answered yes when asked by U.S. Magistrate Judge Roan Mann whether he understood the charge against him. After the hearing, his public defender cautioned against a rush to judgment. What happened in the New York City subway system on Tuesday was a tragedy. It is a blessing that it was not worse. According to an FBI affidavit, James used a Wisconsin driver's license to rent a U-Haul in Philadelphia six days before the attack. A surveillance image shows him driving the van into New York City early on the morning of the shooting. Two hours later, James is seen in a yellow hard hat and orange construction jacket entering a Brooklyn subway station, wheeling what appears to be the same black cart later recovered at the crime scene. Then, inside a packed train, 
Police say James donned a gas mask, unleashed two smoke grenades, then fired 33 rounds with a Glock 17 handgun at captive commuters, striking 10 and injuring approximately 20 others. As terrified and bloodied passengers stumbled out of the smoke-filled subway car, James tossed his disguise and slipped onto another train. He rode one more stop and then walked out onto the streets of New York City, leaving behind a rich pile of clues. Police are now trying to determine his whereabouts during the 30-hour manhunt. This appears to show James the next day walking in Manhattan's East Village and sitting on a sidewalk bench just hours before he called a police tip line and gave his location. The defense has their work cut out for them. It seems to me that the only viable defense case here is a psychiatric defense. At today's hearing, the judge ordered James receive psychiatric attention while he's held until his trial. If convicted, he could face up to life in prison, Major. With minute-by-minute details, Mola Lenghi, thank you. Tonight, justice for the families of dozens of Western hostages, including Americans, abducted, tortured, and in several cases beheaded by ISIS. A federal jury in Alexandria, Virginia today convicted a former British citizen for his role in this wave of terror. CBS's Catherine Herridge has more. A small but audible sigh of relief rippled through the Virginia court as ISIS terrorist al-Shafi al-Sheikh was found guilty in the deaths of four American hostages in Syria, part of a notorious ISIS terrorist cell nicknamed the Beatles because of their British accents. Al-Sheikh is said to be Ringo, one of the men who tortured American journalists James Foley and Stephen Sotloff, as well as aid workers Peter Kasich and Kayla Mueller. The three American men were beheaded in propaganda videos by another ISIS terrorist nearly a decade ago. Prosecutors said ISIS later killed Mueller, who was repeatedly sexually assaulted by the ISIS leader. This is a small piece of justice that will help us heal a little, but I don't think there'll ever be closure. After his capture, al-Sheikh denied contact with American hostages. Did you ever meet Kayla Mueller? Who? Kayla Mueller. Remind me. But later made incriminating statements that were used at trial. She was alone. I saw she was very scared. During moving testimony, Mueller was described as stoic. In one of the few letters to her family, Mueller signed off, All my everything, Kayla. While exposing the brutality of ISIS, the two-week trial also laid bare the courage of American hostages. How James Foley stood up for and comforted other hostages, asking for more food and blankets, knowing he could be punished. Diane Foley was one of many parents in the courtroom. I think there's a relief. You know, this has been quite an ordeal, truly exhausting. Earlier in the trial, Kayla Mueller's boyfriend was admonished by the judge for yelling in anger at the defendant. Al-Sheikh is now facing life in prison. The death penalty major was taken off the table as part of a complex deal to get the case heard here in the U.S. Catherine Herridge, thank you. Another deadly police shooting of an unarmed black man has led to protests and calls for accountability. 26-year-old Patrick Leoya was killed after a traffic stop escalated in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And CBS's Adriana Diaz is there. In Grand Rapids, there is frustration and anger over how a routine traffic stop escalated into a deadly police shooting. 
claiming the life of 26-year-old Patrick Lioya. Today, attorney Ben Crump, flanked by Lioya's parents and a Congolese interpreter, called for accountability. As his mother and father said, they believed their son was executed. On Wednesday, police released several videos showing the entire confrontation. The officer first approaching the car. No, no, no. Stop, stop. Put your hands right in Stop. Lioya resists and runs. For two minutes, stop. there's a struggle. The officer fires his taser twice, but misses. The officer's body camera goes off. It's unclear why. But other videos show that while on top of Leoya, the officer takes out his gun and fires one shot to the head. The Leoya family fled from the Democratic Republic of Congo for a safer life here. The one who's supposed to be protecting Patrick's life is the one who has killed Patrick and take Patrick's life away. Grand Rapids police say they will not identify the officer unless he's named as a suspect. City leaders are calling for calm until the Michigan State Police finish their investigation. We will seek transparency. We will seek truth. Justice requires that this matter be handled fairly and efficiently. The officer, who is a seven-year police veteran, is on paid leave during the investigation. In Michigan, officers can use deadly force if they fear death or bodily injury. Major, the police chief here says they released all the videos to be transparent with the public. Adriana Diaz, we thank you. Elon Musk took the Twitterverse by storm today with an unsolicited bid to buy the social media platform. Musk made billions with electric cars and reusable rockets and says he now wants to turn... Twitter into the world's, quote, platform for free speech. Here is CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti. Tonight, the richest man in the world is hunting for more, mounting a hostile takeover bid for Twitter with a $43 billion cash offer. You made an offer to buy Twitter. <laughs> Why? How'd you know? <laughs> Just 10 days ago, Musk became the company's largest individual shareholder, announcing he bought a 9% stake. But he then declined to join the board, criticized management, and said it needs to be transformed as a private company. That would give Musk unregulated control. If you're a privately run company without any SEC oversight, you can do a lot of what you want. Musk has argued the company needs to be a better platform for free speech around the world. It's just really important that people have the both the uh, the reality and the perception uh, that they are able to speak freely within the bounds of the law. Twitter's board is considering Musk's offer, but that could take time, and Musk may not want to wait. It sounds like if he cannot get a deal consummated in some timely fashion, that he's going to pick up his marbles and go home. And it's unclear how much money he has available to him right now. Much of his stake and his net worth is tied up and linked to Tesla. He would have to sell off a significant part of that share in order to finance this deal. Major. With important context, Jonathan Vigliotti, thank you. Mortgage rates are on the rise again today, hitting 5% for the first time in more than a decade. Rising rates and surging home prices are locking millions out of the American dream of owning their own home. In tonight's Eye on America, one company believes it has a possible solution, 3D printed homes. CBS's Nancy Chan gives us an exclusive look. 
So this is home. Yes, this is home. April Stringfield has always wanted to own a home, but she never imagined this is how it would come together for her and her son. They tell you 3D printed house. Your first thought is, what? <laughs> Literally, what is the 3D home? Yeah. Streetfield's house in Williamsburg, Virginia, is the first owner-occupied 3D printed home from Habitat for Humanity. You can feel it. It's just good detail. The concrete walls of the three-bedroom house were constructed in less than 30 hours by Iowa-based company Alquest 3D. A machine like this could revolutionize affordable housing. Oh yes, this is that. That is the goal. Company founder and CEO Zachary Manheimer says 3D printing cuts costs up to 15 percent by scaling back labor, materials, and time. Prices for the home start at $175,000. While there are concerns about displacing traditional construction jobs and some environmental impacts of this method, Mannheimer believes his technology has potential. People cannot afford a home. That is the American dream, or rather was the American dream. We need to get back to that. 3D printing technology is one way to do that. The company aims to build 200 3D printed homes over the next three years, primarily in southwest Virginia, breaking ground in what is now an empty field. Alquest's goal in creating what would be the world's largest 3D printed community is also to potentially revitalize the town and others like it in rural America. There's nowhere in the U.S. where someone working full time at minimum wage can even afford to rent a two bedroom apartment, let alone buy a brand new home. Mannheimer says the company is partnering with local and state governments to fix that. These towns were once vibrant. And these towns can wave their hands in the air and say, hey, our community is great. We want you to come here. But if you don't have a home, none of that matters. So this is my room. For Stringfield, laying the foundation of her home was the accomplishment of a lifetime. I cry sometimes, but I'm just so happy that I finally have a place to call my own. For Eye on America, Nancy Chen, Pulaski, Virginia. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, Florida is the latest state to further restrict access to abortion. Republican Governor Ron DeSantis signed into law a ban on most abortions after 15 weeks. The law, which takes effect July 1st, is modeled after a similar one in Mississippi now before the United States Supreme Court. The court is expected to rule in June. Tonight, Pfizer is preparing to seek authorization to expand COVID booster shots to children 5 to 11 years old. Pfizer says new data shows its kid-sized booster helps healthy school children rev up virus-fighting antibodies. 
Communities across the South are cleaning up after an outbreak of severe storms. The mayor of Louisville, Kentucky, declared an emergency after at least one tornado was confirmed. Homes were damaged, trees uprooted, power knocked out. South of Birmingham, a possible tornado tore roofs off homes. There were no severe injuries. In this Easter season of faith and renewal, one Virginia woman is raising money for Ukraine with a tradition passed down through generations. Here's CBS's Jan Crawford. We're going to hold this up into the flame. It's a season of hope, but this Easter, in this Northern Virginia workshop, there also is purpose. Learning how to make the beautiful Ukrainian Pisanki eggs, students are helping raise money for Ukraine. There's also symbolism just in the colors. Workshop leader Stephanie Cheeseman shows how to draw intricate patterns on the eggs with beeswax before dipping them in dye, a centuries-old process she's teaching to honor her heritage and help her people. My grandfather grew up in Ukraine, and there is family there that we are in touch with. It makes me really upset how difficult it is for them right now, and I'm trying to do my part. The workshops at this Episcopal church in Dunloring, Virginia, have raised over $5,000 so far. There are countless others, like the web-based Pisanki for Peace, with the goal of creating 100,000 eggs. This is actually an easy egg to do. Cheeseman learned the craft from her mother, Chris. Legend has it that a monster representing all evil in the world is held by chains that will weaken if there are not enough Pisanki. They need to make lots of eggs. Hope. One egg at a time. Jan Crawford, CBS News, Washington. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, Steve Hartman has the story of a carpet cleaner by day. But it's what he does at night that has the world talking on the road. And if you can't watch us live, please don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. For Nora O'Donnell, I'm Major Garrett in Washington. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.